1: Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. It's Thursday. Hello. Hi. Chelsea, you've had a big week this week. I did. I made an announcement that Joe Coy and I are no longer uh, together. So I announced that on my Instagram page, as one does. Mm-hmm. I figured since we have been such a public couple that it was only appropriate to publicly break break up Um, or let everybody know because people were so invested in our relationship Mm -hmm. and so supportive which was so moving to me Mm -hmm. and it was really heartfelt to always hear how you know everybody loved it and was so inspired and how I just wanted to let everyone know that it is you know, an ending, but it's a beginning and it's not something that is going to break either one of us. Mm -hmm. And that I have more hope than I ever have about love and finding love. And I now know that it's possible in the least in the places you least expect it. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I believe that for everyone, for me and for everyone else. And that, My heart is open and it's not going to shut, you know, it's now I'm open to the idea of spending my life with someone and I hadn't been for a really long time. Mm -hmm.
3: Your post was so beautiful and, you know, I can tell that you both learned so much from each other. And I think that's really all we can ask from a relationship is like not necessarily till death do us part, but like what, how did you become more yourself and how, what did you learn about yourself when you were in that relationship for the good parts of yourself and the bad parts of yourself You two were wonderful together and I know you know you said you'll you'll still be friends and
1: yeah yeah you know i mean it's hard to go through a breakup obviously but it's important to go through it and not avoid it and Mm -hmm. not distract and deflect and like i i'm very against that i'm very much about sitting in my pain and understanding that something i you know that i hoped was going to work out did not work out Mm -hmm. and he changed me in so many wonderful ways you know he really fired up my Work ethic again, and my ambition again, and I my desire to do things and be productive and have a voice and use my voice instead of you know there's so many times where I fantasize about like moving to Mallorca, well mostly because this country is going to hell in a handbasket, <laughs> or mm-hmm. moving to Canada and all the stuff and and I think you know Joe was a like a, a big beacon of light in my life that I he's unforgettable and mm-hmm. I like will take a lot of that with me into my next phase of life and i i just i don't want people to be heartbroken like on Mm -hmm. our behalf like it's a beautiful thing to be loved like that you know and to love someone like that it's really beautiful and i'll never let go of that because i know that it's out there now Mm -hmm. and it's possible and i want everyone else to know that it's possible too and the only work you can do is on yourself Mm-hmm. and, you know, and and get through it and understand that, you know, nothing in life is really that permanent. Mm-hmm. And I did my best. Mm-hmm. and And that wasn't enough. Yeah.
3: And like they say, when you're going through something, keep going. That's such a shift from where you were several years ago, where you're, I mean, just look at how you're experiencing this loss. Like you are experiencing it. You're not closing your mind to it. And like, that's done. That's over. I'm not going to think about it anymore. Like you said so many times on this show how, you know, when a relationship, friendship or otherwise was over, it was just like that door is closed. I don't even think about them anymore. And what? I I can't imagine a healthier way to be processing this than you are right now.
1: Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm definitely, this is my first adult breakup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even though it's public, it's like I've handled this with as much adult technique and skill as I've been taught through therapy. Thank you, Dan Siegel. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I know that I've acted with dignity and with grace and Mm -hmm. I I'm giving nothing but love, putting love out there uh, because I know that he needs that and everyone needs it and I need it. And I now know that that's the way to break up with love, not with anger. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know
3: anytime you go through a breakup, it's incredibly hard and it's really brave of you to share all of that. I think I speak for all of the listeners out there when I say we're rooting for you both and really can't wait to see what the next chapter is. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. So as we transition into our episode, how would you feel if I tell you about something totally ridiculous that happened to me this week?
1: Yeah, let's do a light thing. Think A light thing.
3: So I just got back from Wisconsin. Oh, I was there for a memorial, but it's for an aunt who passed away several years ago. She was one of our favorite aunts, but you know, nice. it, It was really wonderful to be with all my like my favorite cousins. Like, oh, yeah. the OG, the like, yes, the, the fun cousins. Yeah,
1: I have a line in one of my books where I say, like, sisters are great, but, like, your cousin will help you, like, order vodka in an omelet. You know, like, <laughs> your sisters are slightly protective, whereas cousins yeah. are down for the same party you were down yes, for. Yes, they are. And, uh, yeah, I love I love cousins. I yeah. have so many cousins, too. i bet. It's nice that you went back for a memorial. That's a really nice way to honor your aunt. Yeah, she, um,
3: well, my aunts and uncles had had a cabin up in, like, the north North woods of Wisconsin, Manitouish waters if we have any listeners there. And I used to go up there with them but this one aunt she had emphysema and so it was always easier for her to be up there especially during the summers and loved it up there. So she asked for her ashes to be spread there and we finally all got it together and were you know we we went up and it was just a beautiful time. This side of the family, my uncle is Nigerian. And so we all just, like, are loud and eat spicy food together, and we just, like, try to make each other scream laugh as loud as possible. It is the most fun. It's just a really great time. Oh, I love that. That is
1: fun. Yeah. That means everyone's in the right age range. Yes. Yeah, we're all kind of, like,
3: we grew up together nearby each other and also kind of have kind of similar age ranges as well.
1: Cute. Cute. Love that.
3: But so we're up in the northwest of Wisconsin. The place we stayed at, I think, has not been touched since, like, the 70s. Like, green carpet on all the floors. There's, like, animal heads on all the walls. A beautiful area on the lake, so we had a great time. But we stayed in this lodge that was, like, built in 1909, and it definitely looked and felt it. But we had a great time together, all drinking out on the porch and getting bitten by mosquitoes and that sort of thing. People talk about like when a loved one visits them, and it's like they see a bird and it reminds me it reminds them of their mother or you know a butterfly and it reminds them of their grandfather or or whatever and so you know we went to this really special place on a lake, and I kept thinking like, I wonder if Deb is gonna visit us you know we had some tears, we had some laughs we Really remembered her, and um, that's so sweet. It was it was really beautiful. We were up on what this... an honor
1: like to honor someone like that is so honorable. Yeah, I'm just I mean... thinking of different ways I can use the word honor. <laughs>
3: honoree, she was our honoree, <laughs> an honorary. <laughs> yes. So you know, we decided we'd all take a picture of this beautiful lake that she loved, and so there was a small dock there because it was sort of a, a boat launch, and several of my cousins and I we went out on the dock and. was a little rickety, but, you know, we didn't think too much of it. So we got there. We take a few pictures. Then we decide, well, let's get everybody up on this dock and take a a beautiful picture with this Vista. While everybody gets on the dock, my nephew sort of says, oh, hey, like, is this going to be safe for us all? Because it's a little bendy. My sister's like, it's got bolts and stuff. It's fine. So we all get up there. Brad my husband is setting up the picture on the shore all of a sudden <laughs> like somebody it's goes it's moving it's moving oh. <laughs> and this whole dock oh, collapsed no. into the water oh my god i love it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was the most ridiculous thing. Like my like everyone is fine, like no one was hurt at all, but like there was a moment where like my my nephew's leg got kind of like trapped in one of the boards. And so we all like bailed off. I bailed off the side in the most inelegant way possible. <laughs> I got wet up to my collarbones in 1 foot of water somehow, like soaking wet. Anyway, everyone was totally fine. No one was hurt and I was like that was how Aunt Deb yeah, showed up. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> she was like, enough of this crying. That this is, so is everyone was in the water.
3: Everyone was in the water. Oh. Like we were sopping wet. And sorry, Papoose like, you need a new talk.
1: Okay. I have a water falling in story as well from this weekend. Yes. So I was with my cousins also mm-hmm. up in Malibu or Topanga. We had like a cookout on the beach mm-hmm. and I had some friends and all my cousins were there. And then My two little cousins, Ella and Gray, who are my cousins' babies. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not babies; they're eleven and thirteen. So, (laughs) but whatever. Well, that's not thirty. Babies too. You're anyway. I was on pylons. You know how the pylons go into the water. Yes. I was obviously intoxicated, (laughs) and I was taking Ella as her guardian (laughs) across the pylons, and she was like, you know, we're walking, and it was the waves were crashing and coming Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'm so good with balance, so you know, I, I and I'm walking along, walking along, and then. She's like, oh, I'm getting scared. I'm getting scared. I go, okay, let's sit down. So I go to sit down. And as I sit down, I lose my balance and just fucking dive right into the sand, head first, into the the water was crashing, but the yes. sand was not, you know, it wasn't high. So I face first into the sand, oh, no. white shirt, my nipples completely exposed. I was in jeans, completely soaked. Oh, that's And the I worst. look up at my niece, or she's my cousin, but she feels like my niece. Mm-hmm. And I look up at my cousin and she's like, I didn't do that. I didn't push you. I was like, no, I know you didn't. I was like, I'm drunk. I'm "I'm a fucking drunk. Now I'm a drunk aunt. Like, I'm a drunk, elderly aunt walking around the pylons to my whole family. And all they all look and go, put a fucking shirt over your nipples. Like, I had one on. They're like, what happened? I was like, I was me (laughs) too. By the pylons! It was really humiliating, but totally oh classic gosh. me. But yeah, two water incidents. Oh my goodness. We wow. should focus on water excursions for this episode. We absolutely should. We have a uh, one of my favorite peoples here today. She's the opener on my Vaccinated and Horny Tour. And if you haven't seen me on my Vaccinated and Horny Tour, I am coming to the Just for Laughs Montreal Comedy Festival July 28th. I am coming to Vancouver August 12th and Calgary August 13th and August 14th. So I have two shows in Vancouver on the 12th and then two shows in Calgary. And then after that, I have a whole new slew of dates starting in Saratoga in October. I'm coming to all parts of Florida. So you're welcome. Tampa, (laughs) Tampa, Tampa. I have two shows in Tampa and then uh, a bunch of other places, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Just go to Chelsea Handler Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code Chelsea, C H E L S E A, for 25% off. That's B O U Q S dot com, promo code Chelsea.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
1: I thought
0: in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
2: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
2: Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Air Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control.
1: Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Visit Lisa.com forward slash Chelsea to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A.com forward slash Chelsea. There's a
3: lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories. And we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
1: Let me introduce my opener. She opens for me on the road for my vaccinated and horny tour. She is fucking hilarious. She uh, resides in Austin, Texas. Please welcome Vanessa Gonzalez. Hi, Vanessa. Hello. Oh, hello. You look like you're about to start a job interview. Oh, yes. I hope I get the job. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, this is Vanessa Gonzalez. Have you met Vanessa yet? We talked
3: on the phone and she's a delight.
1: Well, you probably saw her open for me at the Wilter. I did. It was so much fun.
4: Uh, yeah, those were great shows. We've been having a lot of great shows.
1: Vanessa has been on the road with me for the most part, for most of my vaccinated and horny tour. Every once in a while, we have to replace her because of her attitude or she <laughs> right. has an improper sexual relationship with one mm-hmm. of our representatives mm-hmm. from Live Nation. So that's been a big thorn in <laughs> our side because she doesn't understand the moment we're living in. Yes. And he reported her uh, because he's a white male and he was being sexually harassed by her. Oh, mm-hmm. no. uh, you know,
4: it's hard to navigate the entertainment
1: business yes his name is brandon bucar in case anyone needs to look him up (laughs) we have a guy that runs our tour for us and Mm. i say run in very loose terms because very loose (laughs) because he's not running fucking anything and there are more mistakes than there are victory laps but he loves (laughs) Mm -hmm. the good, good the greatest thing about brandon is well a we love brandon but He's such a good sport about us making so much fun of him. Oh, god. You know, oh, yeah. because yeah. he is just kind of a middle-aged white guy, and he thinks he's with it, and he's not with it. He spelled no. Ness's last name wrong for the better part of the six whole months. Time. Oh,
4: excellent! <laughs> excellent.
1: <laughs> it's pretty common. It gets yeah,
4: lost. he's figuring it out. It's it's hard. It's hard. his job's hard.
1: Yeah, if, if for him, it is. Right. Okay, I would like to also mention that uh, Vanessa was recently named one of uh, Variety's top 10 comics to watch out for. Yay! So, yeah. big congratulations on that Vanessa. Well deserved. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's
4: it's been wild. It's been a wild ride this year. So fun.
1: So Vanessa's based out of Austin. And mm-hmm. uh, I found her through the woman who runs my production company named Jackie Sosa. She knew of Vanessa and I was looking for women to open for me. And so she sent me Vanessa's info. And then I started stalking her online. And she, yeah. and then we've had some pretty exciting times. We've had some long j- journeys. Yeah. <laughs> so you know how much I love yeah. the word journey. <laughs> we've had to, we have had different modes of, opera- of transportation at all times. Sometimes we take a scooter right. bus. Sometimes we take a... what. Are They called vans or no scooter van. Sprinter van. Sprinter van. Sometimes (laughs) (laughs) these sprinter vans can be really nice. Actually, they have have, when they have a configuration. I'm like, oh, this is nice. So we've taken a tour bus. We've taken planes. We've taken commercial planes. We've taken private planes. We've taken helicopter. Oh, no, we haven't taken a helicopter. Well, you missed no. out. We took a helicopter last weekend in New York City and Rosebud almost climaxed. Although I did, too. <laughs> I got to say, you guys, that helicopter ride flying into New York City at night in Manhattan, we got back at like, you know, oh, wow. m- midnight. Oh, yeah. my and God. And the moon was this beautiful orange burst. Oh, and wow. we were just dri- f- flying into that city is like one of the most spectacular things ever. It's Gorgeous. like flying into Paris. Yeah. That's incredible. Because it's so low enough that you can see all the streets and the movement and what's going on, you know, on all the avenues and the city yeah. lit up at night with the moon it was just so beautiful we were oh, all just like oh that's super yeah. cool
4: i'd be too scared <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah i think so too about a helicopter i don't know it's...
1: yeah guess who was scared vanessa
4: brandon that's right
1: brandon Be <laughs> <was> scared
4: <laughs> me and brandon get scared of the the planes and flying things <laughs> yeah the heights Uh huh.
1: So Vanessa is from a family of three. She has two brothers. Right. Mm -hmm. And she has a boyfriend who's adorable. And yeah, (laughs) his name is Daniel. And she's based out of Austin. So tell us a little bit about because you were in L.A. and then you moved to Austin during the pandemic. And what's it been like to be in Austin during this time?
4: It's different now. I feel like Austin is very much mini LA now. Hmm. And it's that's changed depre- so that's much. That's depressing. <laughs> I know. I know. It's huge. People are moving here to do comedy now. Oh. It changed so much. Like I was in LA 2018 to 2020. And just in those two years, Austin changed. And during the pandemic, when there was a pandemic, there was no pandemic really in Texas. So shows kept going. Theaters were closing, opening. Clubs were closing, opening. And yeah, it's like the scene got bigger during a pandemic somehow.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I know a lot of people that moved either to Nashville or to Austin. Like half of L.A. went just mostly to avoid taxes. Right. Isn't that everyone's primary goal?
4: Yeah, we don't pay taxes here. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> that's her story. I don't pay him. <laughs> yeah.
1: But how do you, I want you to talk a little bit about like, you also just got voted Austin's number one comedian of the year, didn't I you? Did. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. yeah. Which is great yeah. for this burgeoning comedy mecca. You know, this is becoming like the mm-hmm. new yeah. it comedy place next to LA or New York. Well, New York is probably number one, right? I don't mm-hmm. know. which the number one? Yeah,
4: probably. But yeah, I was voted uh through the Austin Chronicle. That caught me off guard. I I didn't even know people knew that I, you know, was back here, but they know I have stalkers. <laughs> and um yeah, it's that that was really special because, you know, going to LA and making that jump and then coming back and it, it was hard. It's been hard to kind of navigate like Am I, you know, still in the business, staying connected and all that after making such a big move and coming back home? So it's, it it meant a lot that even moving back, stuff still Yeah, stuff is still up. happening
1: for you. And she also has, a, she has her own rider at the shows, because I, I told oh. Brandon, the person we're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, I have a rider in mind, which is basically mm-hmm. like a cheese board, and somehow a charcuterie right. board got on there, too. But I don't really eat that much meat anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I told him to ixnay the charcuterie board, and then he just put it mm-hmm. in Vanessa's room. So now right. she gets <laughs> a charcuterie board. So this past weekend, the last weekend when we had Rosebud, mm-hmm. Vanessa, uh-huh. she, Rosebud's like, holy shit, I can't believe you get a charcuterie board every single night. She's like, I've got to put that in my rider. I'm like, listen, bitch, if you can fucking take this charcuterie board and stretch it out for over the next two years because that's how long it will last. What a waste of meat. I know, they're huge. I know, but Vanessa likes her snack packs. She likes to travel oh, yeah. with a little, like, like you know those ladies at Dodger Stadium that come up with little trays of candy? <laughs> that's how Vanessa leaves every theater. She takes her tray, what's in her green yeah. room, and sometimes what's in my green room, and then we get on our little yeah. transportation bus And depending on how long the ride is and how high I am at that point, (laughs) we also share edibles because Vanessa has motion sickness. I don't, but I take them anyway for her.
4: (laughs) Yeah, for me. (laughs) They always come in handy when we're super high after the show. There's no food. It's like, yeah, just have three packs of chips. Right. You're Just fine. have them. And
1: if I <laughs> yeah. ask her for chips, she will sometimes be annoyed with me. <laughs> she will sometimes say, "How many are you going to have?" and I mean, this is the second right. bag and are you going to reimburse you're me for these? <laughs> so she's pretty tough stuff to deal with.
4: Well, cuz you're you're shitting on my snack bag the whole time.
1: I know. And, and then and you're then, like,
4: "Well, let me let me see what you got."
1: <laughs> yeah. And then I'm a hypocrite. What's been your one some of your favorite places to go on tour? Like what have been the most surprising cities or your favorite Prince.
4: Well, I we had so much fun in Kansas City. Those were great shows. And just the fact that we were there for two nights, which is rare, we got to like really have fun. and And yeah, it's the back to back shows is hard, but those are fun. Nashville was a blast.
1: Yeah, Nashville was fun. Kansas City was fun because also we we stayed in the same hotel for two nights like she said, which is always just such a nice break. Like Because mm-hmm. yeah. you're always traveling and going. Either you leave right after the show or in the first thing in the morning and it's always exhausting mm-hmm. no matter how you slice it. Yeah. But in Kansas City we were there for two nights and I had one of these ridiculous hotel rooms that had about 18 different board rooms in it. And we ordered late night food. My assistant Carla ordered us this huge spread. So We all went upstairs and ate after the show.
4: Yeah, that was so fun. Our pizza party was great. Yeah, Nashville was fun. Anytime we have like an after party or we're able to have an after party after shows, has been really fun.
1: And she has friends. You have friends all around the country that have been oh. able to kind of come, like yeah. San Jose, L.A., mm. and different shows. New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Her friends show up, which is always really fun because it's really nice to see your friends get to see you, you know? Yeah. Perform. Yeah. I love that.
4: Yeah. It has been just a nice way for me to visit all my friends yeah. <laughs> while I work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And
3: you get to like be, like, be fabulous and hilarious and yeah. they get to come see you. I was curious if there's anything unexpected that's happened on tour.
4: Well, the wildest thing is when I forget, was it Salt Lake city or one show where two people, drunk people like stopped the show. Oh no. And and I had never seen anything like that before. I mean, you know, I've had drunk audience members, but it's always like one. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was very like two separate times. And that, uh, that was bizarre.
1: Yeah, somebody Wiles. approached the stage. They were obviously both really, really wasted. Yeah. And for some reason, our security was not beefed up at that show. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what the problem was. And yeah. they, this woman just came up. I mean, they were both harmless, but yeah. it was just like yeah. one was wasted talking about, you know, something. And another guy yeah. was naked, took his shirt off and came <laughs> up. He's like, Chelsea, I love you so much. I'm like, well, that's great. But you're yeah. fucking interrupting everybody else's time right now.
4: Right. Yeah. Hates. You handled them like a pro. Everything was fine. But I had never seen like people be like, "Um, "This is my shot. I gotta, I gotta talk to her while she's mid sentence." Yeah, Yeah. it was was wild. Don't do that if you're listening. We don't like it. When I was
3: at the L.A. show, we were we were upstairs in the mezzanine and there was a woman in front of me. I always get like a little scared of heights. On a mezzanine?
1: mezzanine.
3: (laughs) It's high. This woman who was not drunk, like I'm pretty sure she was stone cold sober or mostly sober. She came back in the middle of the show with a drink (laughs) and she like lost her footing she was kind of in front of us, but she like slipped on a stair and like went like <gasps> boom, 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 like down several <gasps> stairs, which for me, just from the heights perspective was like, it's my worst fear. Like mid- <laughs> She did not spill her drink, which is w- why I think she was not super drunk. But I like um, the
1: I like the term mostly sober. And I'm going to start incorporating right. <laughs> that into my repertoire. What I also right. would like to add is I don't know if I said this on this podcast yet, but There was a woman, I forget which city we're in, where they went to stand up and then just rolled down. Oh, yeah, they rolled down the center aisle. (laughs) So they were so wasted that they fell over and then started their person started rolling. And I was in the middle of it. And at this point, I think there were already had I think it might have been the same show you were talking about. It definitely (laughs) wasn't Salt Lake because that's a dry venue. So nobody could Uh, drink. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: You're right. It was. It was maybe Cedar Rapids or something.
1: And it, and I saw a person rolling down the aisle and I mm-hmm. thought, am I going to draw attention to this right, right now or fucking finish my set? Because if I draw attention to this woman that is rolling down the aisle, it's going to be mayhem. Yes. And then we're setting right. ourselves back 15 minutes and then, you know, and then we're embarrassing the shit out of her on top of it. And I've, after right. rolling down an aisle, do you really need to be called out by the comedian you're there to see? <laughs> It was, it
4: was me. I haven't told you, but that, that was me. <laughs> no, I, I will say something that has also been surprising in a good way is like how awesome Chelsea's like audience have been towards me, like super welcoming, super warm, great. And, you know, it's intimidating. Like they don't know who I am or I don't, you know, they're just like, "Where's Chelsea?" But they've, uh, you know, they'll say my name, announce me, and everyone's like, "Woo!" I'm like, you "Yeah,
1: no, oh yeah,
4: they love her, yeah, they love you." They've been so great, and that's that's been great.
3: Well, I, Chelsea, you have such a track record of supporting other women, but also like. Picking really cool women to be around, you know, like like there are so many people who, you know, maybe earlier on in your career you worked with who maybe you gave a hand to. But like now they're superstars. And, you know, I think I think you have a good track record of.
1: Thank having you. a good picker, thank you. well, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious to spot talent, like or you know when somebody's funny, all you want to do is mm-hmm. make somebody make you laugh if they make mm-hmm. you laugh, you know they're gonna make a million other people laugh too, yeah. so I yeah. mean Vanessa's easy to spot. that's very obvious talent, oh,
4: no, it's thank you, and i every every time I like people ask me like what's it like on tour? I'm just like it's one fun. Two, it's just been so inspiring to be around you and the way you lift people up, and me. And I've opened for men and mostly men and it it doesn't feel like they want to support or you know root for you or even if you kill right before them it feels weird there's a vibe mm. I'm like oh no they're upset and with Chelsea it's like you know she's there to high five me every time I get off stage and hug me and it's just I I feel like it's helped me just become more confident and more Just like a badass, a badass bitch. It's contagious.
1: (laughs) that's awesome. I love that. Uh, Well, that's good because we're roping you in to give advice, too, because I feel like you'd be good at giving advice to strangers as well. And I was like, (laughs) wait, why the fuck hasn't Vanessa been on this podcast? (laughs) Yeah,
4: Yeah. I'm ready.
3: Yes. Well, we have some very exciting ones for you today, but we're going to take a quick break
1: and we'll be right back with Vanessa Gonzalez and Chelsea. order your books now and with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code Chelsea.
5: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control.
1: We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses, plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Chelsea.
3: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
1: And we're back with Vanessa Gonzalez and
3: Catherine. Hi. Yay. (laughs) Well, our first question, and this is an email, comes from Heidi. Heidi. Heidi says, Dear Chelsea, I'm 23 years old and I've been seriously considering getting my tubes tied. I have no desire to...
1: Do it! Yes! You don't even have to finish the email. You're doing the world a favor. You're not contributing to mass population. (laughs) Well, there you go. Let's (laughs) go.
3: She says, "I I have no desire to birth a child and I know I would like to foster children when I'm stable enough to do so. I'm still young and this is a big decision. Am I too young to decide I never want to birth children? Should I wait until I'm older? If so, when is a good age? I have four years... Left on this IUD, so I can wait until it expires. But I like making decisions and acting on them. What are your thoughts? I also considered donating my eggs first, but got denied for having too high of a BMI. So that really isn't an option for me. Thanks, Heidi.
1: Too high of a body mass index, mm-hmm. which are... is really dated
3: technology. But...
1: but what is it? You what mm-hmm. you does that mean you're too heavy? Yeah. To, to donate give eggs to donate. Yeah. Oh God, they're picky, huh? Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> Who has the right to be oh, picky? God. I would that's say that's good if, eggs. Yeah, I know good <laughs> eggs are good eggs. <laughs> the twenty-three year old eggs are good eggs. I would. Yeah. I would say if you have what's her name Heidi Heidi, if you have an IUD in and you have a couple of years left on it, there's no reason to rush into getting your tubes tied. I mean, I know that is reversible. Is it reversible? So yeah, I looked this up. It is technically
3: reversible, but the reversal doesn't always yeah. take.
1: Yeah. Like you don't need to jump into that. Like I appreciate your I'm like that, too. I'm impulsive and i like yeah. to make decisions and get moving into the next thing mm-hmm. and also cancel mm-hmm. out possibilities that are not real possibilities in my mind, which would be having children. And I support that fully. But there's no reason to like expedite the process. Why don't you wait till your IUD is done and then get your tubes mm-hmm. tied if you feel the same way?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's smart. I mean, I, I feel like I've always known also that I don't want a birth a child or be pregnant, but I feel the same way as her. Like, yeah, maybe I'd like to foster kids or adopt later on. And that's always going to be open to you. So whenever you do it, it's, I think, you know, when you know you don't want to go through being pregnant, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They should come
1: up with a phrase for it. Like, you know how they say your clock is ticking, which is, you know, passe and old school, but like right. they should come up with a new phrase for how you know, when you know that you don't want to have a child. Yeah. Like right. I've never been on the fence about that. I've known in, mm-hmm. you know, in my gut and my soul that that is not what is meant for me.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think,
4: yeah, I think most people know. I feel like I knew early on, and then as I got older, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, everyone's telling you, you should have a baby. When are you going to have a baby? Mm-hmm. So then that fucks with you, but your your heart always knows. I don't think it's for me. And now I'm 36, and I'm like, yeah, I, d- I don't want to do that. Yeah. Please, no.
3: I would say if you're going to pick an age in the future, beyond just letting this run out, when I was younger and I was like, I never want kids, I never want kids. I had a couple of friends tell me, wait until you're 29. The second I turned 29, I had like raging hormones of like, I want a baby. But I also knew that I didn't actually. So I got a dog and used my like mothering instincts that way. And it was perfect. But just wait until you're 30. If you don't get that by 29, I don't think you're going to get it.
5: Yeah.
4: If it costs a lot, yeah, go on a trip. Use it for something else for now. Mm-hmm.
1: But Vanessa, I have a question for you. If Daniel really, really had his heart set on having a child, would you reconsider your stance?
4: And I, I would say, let's adopt or let's figure out where we could put your sperm because I don't want it. I don't want a <laughs> a person inside me with their whole body. No. <laughs>
1: and what particularly about so it sounds like it's more of a physical thing for you though
4: yeah like
1: what is it well, about it that turns you off so much somebody's like living off of your food
4: Yeah, I don't like I don't want to (laughs) share no I I've always had really bad periods all my life like super painful and motion sickness and all and I'm like if this if it's bad now Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what a pregnancy would do to my body (laughs) Mm -hmm. and how awful I would be as a human so I I think everything in my heart and soul is just like, don't do that to us, please. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, Heidi, let us know what you decide. Yeah, Heidi, let us know what you decide and just take a minute. You're only 23 years old. You don't even know your ass from your elbow yet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, Vanessa, I will
3: say I always had really, really terrible periods as well. Well, still do, but was finally after like seven or eight years of investigating this and talking to doctors, finally someone was like, yes, you have endometriosis. That's what this is. That's what's going on. And they also were just like, if you're not trying to have a kid, like we'll just keep you on birth control the entire time so you don't have your week off. So that might be something to investigate for you too.
4: Oh yeah. yes, I just went and th- they told me that as well and oh, wow. I started a new birth control but it I didn't like it so now yeah. I'm in the process of finding the one. Yeah. which Takes a while.
1: You know what you can also get done, Vanessa? I mean, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you can get this done in Texas because it seems like a lot of things are restricted there, Mm -hmm. but you can get an ablation, which is what my sister Simone got because she had really heavy periods. And so it basically blanches your uterus. They go in with hot water, or the other option is. I forget. There's hot water. There's one way to do it. It's hot water. I'm actually scheduled to get one. I'm going to right after this podcast today to go see me oh. on my OB. My period isn't that bad, but it would just be elective mm-hmm. because I'd rather not have a period anymore. But for yeah. people who have really heavy periods, my sister Simone did mm-hmm. it and it's called an ablation and you should ask your doctor about it because anybody okay. who has a endometriosis or has a heavy period is a candidate mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. is that for like when you are like ready to be done having periods or? it basi- Well, no, you can basically stop. So it just, stops the bleeding you know so you don't you the oh. hormones continue but you don't have the bleeding which goes with the cramping and with all of right, that stuff right so it just stops your period and most 90% of women it stops their period altogether and then 10% of women your periods just much lighter for the rest of your life but it's wow, something that, that a lot sense... of women are doing because i've talked to a few people about it now
4: yeah, I'll look into that. That sounds nice. And if Texas won't even let me torch my uterus, then <laughs> I, I got to get out of here.
1: I know. Well, yeah, they, yeah they, they're in control of your uterus. I, what I'll do is I'll videotape my doctor's appointment today with my OBGYN, and I will just, li- well, I'll live stream it, and then that way yeah, you'll have stream. access to it.
4: <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Thank you.
1: <laughs> of course.
3: Well, our <laughs> next question comes from Mary. She says, Dear Chelsea, I'm newly recovered from a severe depressive episode that lasted for over a year, primarily due to the passing of my dad in December 2020. He died from contracting COVID-19 while he was in the hospital for a separate injury. His death broke my heart. And once my shock wore off, I fell into a deep depression. I finally realized I needed professional help when I confessed to my mom I was having passive thoughts of suicide. I took a leave of absence from my job and focused only on my well-being. I began talk therapy sessions multiple times a week and saw a psychiatrist to manage my medications. I only did things that I wanted to do and practiced a lot of self-care during that time, and now I'm at a place where I have hope and excitement for the future again. I learned that my sensitivity isn't a weakness, nor is my capability to feel for others one. That, in fact, my intuition and ability to understand others is a gift. I also began to explore spirituality and started to meditate. I have since returned to my job, and while I'm so grateful for my coworkers and their support, I haven't been happy since I've been back. I feel a pulling to a new career, and I'm thinking about going back to school to be a counselor or therapist. Even my own therapist told me I would make a great one. However, I grew up in a low-income household, and the thought of increasing my debt by tens of thousands of dollars makes me ill. Chelsea, my question for you is, should I go back to school and take on thousands of dollars more debt for a career that doesn't quite pay out? Is there another way I could use my gifts that I'm not thinking of? Any suggestions are welcome. Mary.
1: Ooh. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi, Hi Chelsea. Hi. Hi, Vanessa. Okay, so you're not into your job anymore. After everything you've been through, you're, you're back and you're not feeling it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I was in a pretty dark deep, severe depression for most of 2020 into 2021. And I took some time off of work, was able to really work on myself, do therapy, really just like get my prescription meds all set. And I came back to my job and like, I'm so thankful for my company and my coworkers. Everyone's been so great, but like, I just don't care anymore. And I, I, it's like, you know, I'm getting pressured because like our company only made like $8 billion last year instead of nine and all this other stuff happening in the world. And I really feel like I'm being called or like that I need to like do something more, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's just because I'm new out of depression and feeling great about life or, or, you know, what I really could do to move forward.
1: Yeah, I would say, first and foremost, I think your mental health is paramount to everything else that you're talking Mm -hmm. about, even your job and Mm -hmm. even debt. And I think that there are a lot of avenues to pursue, none that I actually know of and can speak to because I haven't gone back to school, but we have had this conversation with callers before, and there are so many ways to get financial aid, to receive grants, to get help with tuition. So first and foremost, you have to know, like you don't have to be tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Like You don't have to equate that with an education. Ways around that. Like, would it be possible for you to start going to school while you're still working to kind of support yourself to a degree while you're figuring everything out? Is that a possibility? Yeah, that is a possibility. And like something I've worked
0: or I've thought about, I think, with the like growing up with in a lower income family situation debt and like taking on more of it is like really scary to think about. So that's kind of what holds me back, to be honest. But I think I'm supposed to just trust and not worry about the financial aspect, but that's just so hard when it's like, well, I grew up with no money and that did suck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at.
4: Yeah. That's hard. Especially you said you wanted to look into being a therapist or counselor now. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I just watched this documentary of this woman who just Puts out videos on YouTube about like spirituality or whatever. It turns out she's running a cult. But <laughs> Wait, was that on
0: Hulu? Yeah, yeah. I'm that like, was intense. <laughs> you could
4: just, you know, if if that's your passion, like mm-hmm. giving people advice and helping people, there there is a way. I think now with social media and getting yourself out there, mm-hmm. but I think yeah, the education part costs money. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're just educated on YouTube like me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even going to bring this up, but it's interesting, Vanessa, that you say that because I actually had a tarot card reading last week and the reader kind of gave me the same message. She said that there are ways to reach people, even just like sharing your story. She's like, there's so many media outlets or like revenues to use. So, So you're kind of like confirming what She has already said.
4: So yeah. And I think if it is a social media thing, a YouTube thing, TikTok Mm -hmm. thing, I think that also connects you with people that can teach you and interview and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And so you said there is a way though also that you could go to school while still working at your job, right? Yeah, I could. I mean, I'm
0: single. I don't have children. So like I do have the free time would be okay. I do take writing classes for fun because I like to be creative and mm-hmm. that's you know my outlet. So like I could take a break on the classes. There is a school that's really close by that I could go to in person. So you know that is an option as far as viability.
1: Yeah, I think you should pursue that. I think that Mm -hmm. like you came out of this depression in this really hard time and like Mm -hmm. you have to be in tune with yourself and in touch with what makes you happy and identifying that your workplace isn't bringing that joy for you anymore is major. Like so many people are in denial of their own feelings. So it's so important that you're in touch with yourself enough to know that and just start by doing those. Switch out those writing classes for these counseling classes or pursuing something Mm -hmm. that equates to what you see yourself doing in the therapy or counseling. World, And mm. when you get far enough along, you know, if you're still working, you can supplement that. You're not going to go into huge debt. I mm. understand fear of debt. I get that. I mean, I didn't grow up poor, but I didn't grow up with any mm. extra money. You know, it was just kind of yeah. like, let's see what we have this week. But I, I get it. And I understand that it's a big fear, but like, don't let your fear drive your future. You know, your happiness Mm -hmm. is is so important to you and what you can do with that and share with other people and light up other people is just, Mm -hmm. you just have to keep your eye on that prize. You know, you're going to be able to help other people and whether that's through YouTube or social media or whether you do it formally, it's never going to hurt for you to just get closer to your goals and learn more about, Mm -hmm. you know, what it is you want Mm -hmm. to achieve and then figure out how you're going to implement. All of that.
4: Right. Okay. Um, Also, like volunteering, you know, at you know, women's shelters or things like that. That keeps you connecting with people, which seems like that's what you love.
1: Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I I love making that connection. That's sweet. That's so sweet of you. What a generous soul. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It wasn't always
0: like that. It I feel like I was like this when I was a child. Like I was super kind and sweet and loving and then you know life happens and I you know went through the couple hard years and like now I feel like I'm back I almost feel like a child again like I feel like no I want to connect to people I want to show them like hey we can we can be we can do positive things like it can start with one person so yeah I do I I love it I love connecting with people so
3: And I I think what Vanessa said, too, about volunteering with a group might give you a way to sort of dip your toe into the water and see if sort of being surrounded by other people's, whether that's grief or other issues that they're going through, Mm -hmm. is something that you do want to take on full time or whether that's something that is best, you know, as a volunteer position or Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But also, since you're a writer, you're probably going to be good at writing applications for grants and things like that, (laughs) like Chelsea said. So, yeah. um, One book I would recommend for you, too, is called What Color Is Your Parachute? There's a zillion editions, so they're always coming out with Mm -hmm. new editions. I believe they speak somewhat to, like, how to pay for school, but it's mostly about career transitions. Figuring Mm -hmm. out where your skill set lies and what's Mm -hmm. right for you and, like, do you really want to do that? Do you want to do something else? So that is a good recommendation
1: for you. I'm going to read that. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What color is your parachute? What color is your parachute? Okay. I'm
1: going to yeah. look into that for sure. Yeah. I love reading. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> good. Well, you sound like an awesome person. So I'm so happy for you that you're in a better, healthy <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah. Like the world is ahead. You have the whole world at your fingertips. Like, look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I really do.
0: Like, I was at a spot where I just didn't want to live anymore. And I was like making plans to exit this life. And, something made me just like, I actually reached to my mom and was like, I, I don't think this is normal. And so I got mm-hmm. the help. And now I feel like I got almost like a second chance. I'm like, we can all do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on.
3: And being able to relate to other people that you've gone through that dark place is huge. Yeah. Is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's what I would want to do. Like, that's what I really think is important too. Cause like, I thought I was still alone then like when i was in that dark deep depression i listened to so many like audiobooks and like boy vo- i just wanted to hear voices and like chelsea your podcast was one of them and like i don't know just a thank you like just having that like content out there was something that i was like okay just listen to chelsea's book right now and then you can make your next decision about life so thank
1: right. you right and think about that you can be that person to somebody else you yeah. can be that you can okay. <laughs> yeah 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 no I, I guess i can yeah yeah mm-hmm.
4: I think finding, yeah, other people that have the same passion as you, community, Mm -hmm. and that's how you network and get to where you want
1: to be. And remember, the most important thing in life is to know what your purpose is, right? To know what your passion is, what you care about Mm -hmm. the most, and you've discovered that. You're ahead of the game. Debt is not going to be your issue.
0: Right. Yeah, thank you. I needed that reminder. Thank you guys all, because it's just so hard to get that off of your shoulder or whatever, but you're right. When you know your purpose, you just got to go
1: for it. Yeah. Yep. Well, Mary, thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. Keep us posted, Mary. Let us know what happens, yeah. okay, and how you're progressing. Okay. I will. Thank you guys so much. It's so nice meeting everyone. You too. Oh, what a, what a feel-good call. Aww. Don't yeah. you just? That was
4: great. Oh,
1: that was so sweet. What a yeah. positive mm-hmm. person. I know. We need more people like that, you know? Yeah We have had a lot of callers Lately though Vanessa That have wanted to become therapists Right Uh That has been a recurring theme
3: Yeah And we're very pro-therapy here Well obviously We're trying (laughs) to fucking
1: be therapists ourselves So we're (laughs) not I mean That's where you attract Like-minded people Yeah order your books now and with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code Chelsea.
5: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of hair removal
2: tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girlbomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control.
1: We all know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. I know that if I don't sleep for eight hours a night, I am not as sharp don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Chelsea for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. L E E S A dot com forward slash Chelsea.
0: I bet you're smart.
3: Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers, and I'm Elahe Hay Azadi. Well, our next email comes from Lane. She says, Dear Chelsea, I have a quote unquote straight friend that I've always had a giant crush on. In the friend group, I'm the only lesbian in the bunch, the other four being straight girls. Recently, my crush has been talking to the group, myself included, about how she doesn't see herself dating a man anytime soon and has been more interested in dating girls, which she's never done before. She asked if any of us know any good lesbian TV shows, so naturally I began word vomiting all the good shows and movies that I know. Since this conversation, she's texted me separately from the group to give me updates on the show I suggested, The L Word. This past weekend, the group went out to a pub crawl to celebrate my birthday. I got super drunk and basically hung out with my crush the entire time. A couple of my friends told me how obvious it is that we like each other. After we all left the bar, I decided, fuck it, I'm going to tell her how I feel, so I texted her. Basically she responded by telling me I'm not saying I'm not interested but perhaps a rain check for the future if the timing is right because currently I don't want to date anyone. My question is how do I tell if she or anyone really likes me. I really put myself out there and got a pretty neutral response. I'm not sure if I should read it as she's just letting me down easily or truly just doesn't know how she feels and isn't ready to date a girl. Thanks for your help Lane.
1: Okay. Lane, first of all, that is good. That feedback was good. I feel like there's hope in that situation. Right, Vanessa? Do you feel that?
4: Oh, yeah. It's whatever that pause or, you know, rain check she offered, that's her shit. And maybe, yeah, maybe she's not ready. Maybe she wants to be single. Maybe she likes you so much that she sees you as, oh, yeah, if we get together, it's going to be a thing. And she maybe she just wants to play around for now. But I think for sure, if the whole group sees that y'all are vibing, there's a vibe.
1: Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a vibe and keep in mind she's brand new to this. Like she's yeah, not right. ready to get down to business maybe, you know? Let's get down. Yeah. Let's get down to business. Let's get down she, to ha- business. <laughs> she That's our favorite song <laughs> because we're forced <laughs> to listen to it day in and day out. But keep in mind, first of all, what you did is bold and cool. Like that is cool yeah. that you reached out to her not in a gross way. You didn't attack her or, you know, in a bathroom while you were drunk. You did it respectfully <laughs> yeah. over text after you guys left each other, which is the most respectful way you can ever approach someone. She gave you her answer so completely respect it and let Mm -hmm. you know let the chips fall where they may maybe she'll come back I bet you she will I bet you down the road she's gonna come back because like Vanessa said if the whole group saw it Uh it's happening Mm -hmm. and not everybody was wrong and there's a flirtation going but you know you'll know when someone likes you when they respond in kind don't get waylaid by someone's lack of response or lack of Mm -hmm. initiative Mm -hmm. don't that was good what you did that's good to let people know how you feel and give them the opportunity to reciprocate. You know, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if you get rejected. And I don't even consider that as a rejection. But it doesn't matter. It just matters that you're honest about your feelings and you're never gross or too forward about it. But yes, I think that's good practice. And to continue putting your feelings out there when you have them for somebody. With this experience, you already did it. Let's see what happens. But I do not take that as a rejection. Yeah,
4: I think it's so refreshing. You know, I I think... People that are dating, all my single friends, like they play that game where you have to hide how you feel about the mm-hmm. other person until they figure it out yeah. and it's all codes. And it's like, just say, I like you. Do you like me? No. Yes. Let's move on. You know? Yeah. And that's how I knew the whole time I dated, it was, I would always tell guys, I like you. And then they would play that game of like, I like you too. But, you know, and I finally knew my boyfriend liked me when he made moves to like, hang out with me, see me again, talk to me more. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is what it is when someone likes you. They, they make an effort. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you're not wrangling them all the time, right? Right. Like, when you get somebody, it's worth all of the frogs to get to the prince. It is. Yes. Yes. So just count. And if you have to think of it in your head, like, okay, here, I'm putting myself out one more time, putting myself out there in order to Mm -hmm. get to the real person, you could think of it like that, because then it's like almost a means to an end, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the hottest
3: energy is like, cool, not right now, sounds good. And then you go do your own thing. Yes. It's yeah. the hottest. Neatiness is the right. least hot thing. So if you're just like cool, and then you just like go buzz off, she's gonna be crawling back.
4: Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. I think it's different when there's a friendship established. Yeah. You don't want to be like, okay, we're dating. Uh-huh. It's gonna yeah. I, I she's gonna come around for sure.
1: And she knows you're around. So the keep in mind, keep that in mind too. She knows you're around. You guys are a part of a big group. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: well, keep us posted, Lane. Yeah. Well, our next email comes from Carly. Carly is in her 20s. Dear Chelsea, my cousin is like my sister. In April of 2022, my now husband and I eloped in his hometown of Los Angeles, California, His family is not as close as ours and I was unsure if anyone from his side of the family would even attend. It made me so sad to think of our wedding with only my side of the family so instead we kept it simple and eloped in a beautiful garden, live streaming it for family and friends to watch from afar. On the day, my cousin was working, and I knew not everyone would be able to watch it live, but she didn't even text me congratulations, despite being in family group chats where everyone else was chiming in. She, quote-unquote, liked one of my texts that day, and that was it. Time went by, and I was already so hurt by the lack of acknowledgement on my big day. I was half expecting her to get us a gift off our registry to make up for it, but she never did. I get it. It wasn't a traditional wedding, and she's never been a gift giver, but it was a milestone in my life that was important to me, and I feel like she just doesn't seem to realize that or care. It's not about the gift, but the gesture, and it makes me want to not get her anything on her wedding day, even though I would never actually go through with that. Do I bring it up and risk losing someone I've considered a sister and a role model for 27 years, or sweep it under the rug and live with
4: it? Carly."
3: Vanessa, do you want to start that
1: one?
4: Yeah, I feel like if your sisters, cousins, and if you're bringing up to your close friend, best friend, whatever this relationship is, that something they're doing was upsetting to you, if that's going to risk the whole relationship, yes, I agreed. don't think that's a strong relationship. I I, I feel very secure in my Close friends with my family. If they did something, I can say, Hey, that hurt my feelings, but I'm not worried that this is going to end our relationship. It's just going to be a conversation that we work through. Cause right now you're just assuming what she's thinking. What is she mad at you? Is she not? And you're, you're trying to figure it out when you can just ask, Hey, mm-hmm. this, I was expecting a little more on my big day and it was kind of hurtful. What? What was going on?
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And I think you should definitely say something because it really is meaningful to you. I mean, I don't think you should have expectations about somebody getting you a gift or anything like that, but it's about her presence and her acknowledgement of that day. And she may have just thought that since you guys were eloping and live streaming it, that it was like you were playing it down and it wasn't as important as as it is to you. So she may Mm -hmm. have misread the signs and misread the circumstances. So give her the opportunity to explain that. And I think when you come from a place of hurt and you're just like, listen, you're You're somebody I've looked up to for 20 plus years that I've considered a sister. I did want you there with me on that day. Maybe not physically in person, but maybe I wasn't clear. Like, I I want you there in support. You know, this is the biggest moment in my life or one of the biggest moments for sure. Mm -hmm. So I don't think anything you could say would be wrong as long as you're not attacking her. You know, you're just coming from a place of love and like hurt. And I will say, I looked
3: up the wedding etiquette rules on this. And really, I mean, it's not required if someone elopes, it's not required to buy a gift according to etiquette rules. But you know, what you said here about like it's a milestone in my life, I think just like Chelsea said, that's the language to use. Like, this was hurtful that like maybe you could have sent a card. But the other thing is, like, your cousin was probably just wrapped up in her own shit that day or that, we, yeah. you know, we're, we all are like doing our own thing and like we're so mm-hmm. close. She won't even mind. You know, it probably was not intentional to hurt you.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've learned over the pandemic where everyone was freaking out in their own way. No one's thinking about you or your shit. Everyone's <laughs> dealing with their own stuff and we're just taking everything personal.
1: Mm-hmm. That for sure. Everybody's mm-hmm. taking everything way more personally during this time. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. And it's all just been a little weird.
3: You know, we haven't been able to go to weddings or funerals or get togethers or Fourth of July or any of that stuff. So, well, Carly, let us know how it goes. Yeah.
1: Good luck, Carly. Let us know. Yeah.
3: Well, our next email comes from Thomas. Thomas says, dear Chelsea, I'm a non-binary queer person. I recently came to a decision with my ex to rekindle our relationship. We were together for two years and have been separated for a little over three years now. My partner is a therapist and is possibly the most amazing human being I have ever met. He makes me smile, laugh, and feel like I can fully be myself around him. We haven't made it official at all that we're monogamous but are letting things progress naturally. Recently, we went out together and I experienced a few instances where he was approached by guys that fit a specific mold of conventionality in regards to looks, muscles, tall, etc. I'm sort of insecure because I don't have motivation to hit the gym regularly and be that type of person. I don't think I'm less than, I just find it hard not to compare myself to these people that my partner finds attractive. My question to you is, how do I combat the urge to doubt myself and own my attributes with my partner so I can become a better partner for him? Thomas.
1: Oh good question Thomas That's very common as so many people feel That way and I think you have to Like you just said so many beautiful things about your Partner they're with you for a reason You know Mm -hmm. he loves you for the reason that he Loves you like the compare and contrast Game never results in any Positive good feelings about yourself Comparing yourself to what you think your Boyfriend or partner likes or What he said he likes doesn't matter because He's chosen to be with you and Mm -hmm. You need to focus on that and remember That you know I'm sure you're interested in other people that you're not with also physically, that you're attracted to those people, that doesn't mean that you want to be with them. So you have to Mm -hmm. remember that your place is with your person. And, you know, unless they give you a real substantial reason to feel like they're not into you, then those feelings and misgivings are just in your head. And you just have to exercise that that ability to deprogram yourself of that thinking. Mm-hmm. You have to always just say, this is in my head. This is not real. I'm with him and we're together. We're a couple. And, and eventually that won't matter to you, him looking around or you f- looking at what he finds attractive. He has the ability mm-hmm. to go off and be with another person if he wants to.
4: Yeah, I I feel like at the beginning of my relationship because he, it was my first real relationship, I was so jealous, so insecure, and I I thought that you know because he was thought other things or people were attractive that meant something about me, but it took a while to learn it means that the pe- That has nothing to do with who you love, who you're attracted to. Yeah, I'm also attracted to, you know, The Rock and J-Lo and all that. (laughs) So, (laughs) But yeah, it's hard when I would always be hard on myself. Like, why am I so insecure? Why can't, why am I so jealous? And it is because, you know, shitty guys before would lie to me and tell me no when shit was happening and all that. So there's a reason why we're insecure and past relationships and all that. But once you find someone that's actually with you, choosing you, makes you happy, you kind of have to, like Chelsea said, deprogram yourself, find a way to find that love within yourself. And that's what being in a relationship has taught me is I thought, oh, having a boyfriend's going to make me Feel so great and be confident, but I actually had to start working on myself because he, he didn't fix all my shit like I thought he was. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's work that you have to do. That's, yeah, that's an inside job, not an outside job. So you have to figure that out. But as long as you know that, you identify the issue, it's easy to fix the issue, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easier said than done. But as long as you're being honest with yourself and understand, like, okay, this is an issue. This is not real. This is what's in my head. And have a dialogue. And remember, like, the thoughts you're having, you're aware of those thoughts you're having. And so you're aware Mm -hmm. of reminding yourself that these aren't real thoughts. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense it should if anyone who's listening to this podcast it should make (laughs) sense to them (laughs) well let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Vanessa and Chelsea Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. So go to books.com and use promo code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code CHELSEA.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
0: This is Uncanny USA.
2: He says, Somebody's in the house and I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
2: Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control.
1: Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand, Lisa, and home design icon, West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary indulging your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Visit lisa.com forward slash Chelsea to learn more. That's dot com forward slash Chelsea.
3: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. back. (laughs) Well, Vanessa, we like to ask
4: if our guests have any advice they'd like to get from Chelsea. Is there anything you'd like to ask? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it. And I know when we're on the road, I, I ask you for advice. You give me a lot of helpful tips. But I know you're a dog owner. I'm a dog owner. Is there a good song to sing to your dogs to put them to sleep. Oh, Do you have what?
1: one? Do you not sing to your dogs? <laughs> Don't accuse me of anything, <laughs> Vanessa. And you know, you know, I don't fucking sing to my dogs. No, that's not true. I sing It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood to them all the time, but not to put Aww. them to sleep. I sing, I make up lots of songs, but I sing It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Would you be mine? And then I suck on Bert's nose. I ever, could you be mine? But no. That's I don't, a good one. Yeah, that is a, a good wholesome. one. It's sweet. And also, if you're like me and you can't sing, which I'm sure you don't have that problem because you're Latina and you have rhythm and can sing. You should have seen Vanessa trying to teach me to do a TikTok dance once. Oh my she God. was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I told you I don't have any rhythm. She's like, no, seriously, like, just move your arm. Like, I'm showing you. It was like this simple. And I, I was like, what? I like head butted myself. But yeah, I think that's always a soothing song. I, whenever I hear that song, I always just melt.
4: I like that. I'm going to try that one. I always sing Hopelessly Devoted to my dog.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh that's cute. And yeah. sexual, so there you go. And sexual. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Okay, well, we want to thank you, Vanessa, for being on the podcast today. Please follow Vanessa at Vanessa Comedy. Vanessa G. What is it? Vanessa G. Conf- Vin- <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa G. Comedy. Vanessa Gynecological. I'm <laughs> Vanessa's gynecologist, first of all. You are, and yes. She's, yeah, I'm her pharmacologist <laughs> and her gynecologist. Although she doesn't always believe that I'm a gynecologist. Yeah. But it's Vanessa G. Comedy. Comedy
4: on Instagram. Yeah. And vanessacomedy.com website. And yeah, you could find me on tour with Chelsea. We're going to keep this party going all year.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Vanessa.
4: Thank y'all. That was fun. Have a great day. You too.
3: And if you'd like to get advice from Chelsea and one of her guests, please write into Dear Chelsea Project at gmail.com.